to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. See how the Holy Ghost works in a body of believers who are actually a body of believers. We also have books. We ran out back there. I apologize for that. I put more back there. If anybody does not have a copy of the book, they can have one. Anybody need one? Got some here? Anybody? Anybody don't have a copy of the What Now book? The world famous <laughs> What Now book? Everybody's got one? You'll take one? Yeah, I've got some in my Do, do, do. There's more out back, too. I filled it back up so everybody's in good shape now and good shape. Okay. I'll get more. That's fine. No problem. Second Corinthians chapter 1, are you there? Look at verse 20. It says, for all the promises of God in him. Told you they stole my sermon. <laughs> For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who has also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. One thing that the church is being moved into, I'm fully convinced, is to understand that God, what God says God means. That God is a God of integrity. And people are going to start believing the word as the word is written, not how they've been taught to believe the word. That is two different ways. Because most of the people who actually believe God's word believe his word in hope, not in faith. They're looking for something out in the future to take place. They're looking for something to happen out here. But all God's promises are... And amen. They're not, they're not future promises. There are some. But in your life, most of the promises were provided for you on the cross of Calvary. And God's already provided for your healing, for your salvation, for your baptism in the Holy Ghost, for your victory, for everything. Our job is to get in agreement with Him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Stay in right line with what God has already said. It's not a future thing. And, you know, from the experience that I've been going through for so many years and also recently... It's very hard to get excited and praise God in the midst of the storm. See, I'm going to sing in the middle. Well, I don't feel like singing in the middle of the storm. And if I do, it ain't going to be louder and louder. I can tell you that. It's going to be, yeah. Yeah, so when it, when it manifests, woohoo! we're excited. We're, but in that time period, oh, Lord, talk about purgatory and hell. It's combined in one. In that amount of time, when you find the word that you want to stand on, you've got to get on the yes and amen side of it in order for God to be able to, yes, that's what I said, be able to go to work in your life. Some people think God can do whatever God wants to do. No, God can't do whatever God wants to do. He's sovereign, but he gave mankind dominion over this earth. He's taking care of things in heaven. I heard they're going pretty well up there. haven't been there, but I heard things are going really well. And we're supposed to have the same way here. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in but the instruments that he uses to do that are us born again spirit believers God doesn't want to come down here and have to do what he sent his kids to do he wants us to live in the authority which he's given us and everybody in here has dominion now whether you're using that dominion is, is a different story but we have dominion I was never taught I had any authority any dominion you know it's kairah sarah whatever will be will be the future's not ours to see say karah sarah and how many you know that didn't work out did it 
It didn't work out at all because things were going bad. And then when things start going bad in your life and you don't understand, the first person you blame for things going bad in your life is God. And God's saying, hey, man, I gave you the way out of that situation, man. I told you what you needed to do. I told you. So you've got to come to a place to say, if the word of God says I'm healed, then I'm healed. If the word of God says I'm anointed, then I'm anointed. If the word of God says I'm blessed, I'm I'm not trying to be blessed. I'm not hoping to be blessed. I'm not going to wait till circumstances line up with my blessing before I say I'm blessed. I'm going to change those circumstances. I am going to change the circumstances in my life by using the Word of God and staying on the Word of God. And even through the trial we're going through, we met last week. I told you what we're looking at. We have a confidence in Him. What is that confidence? That we asked according to His will. And since we have, He's heard us. And since He heard us, we have the petitions that He's asked. Praise God. And everybody, what's the report? What's the report? Well, I'm not going to give them a report other than it's done, praise God, because I have the petitions that I desired of him. It's amazing how many people have stopped texting me. See, because they want to hear what, and I understand, they want to hear what's going on, whether he's doing better, whether he's doing worth, whether he, and the only thing I'm on right now, praise God, is I asked according to his will, and his will is for him to be healed from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, and I know that he heard because I asked according to his will, and since he heard me, I have the petitions that I've asked of him. So that's where I'm going to stay. What's the report? I have the petitions that I asked of him. No, how's he doing? I have the petitions that I asked for him. How's things going? I have the petitions that I... I'm not going anywhere. We're going to stay on the Word of God, praise God. So we're healed. Like Millie said, I'm healed, praise God. Well, what if it don't feel like it? I'm still healed. We can't let circumstances and situation change the Word. We've got to let the Word change the circumstances and the situations. And that's the authority we have as spiritual beings. As spiritual people, we can control the natural realm with the Spirit of God and with the power of God. The Bible says, I can do all things in Him who strengthens me. Can you do that? I can do all things in Him who strengthens me. What if you feel like you can't do it? I can do all things in Him who strengthens me. And this is the way we walk all the time. See, if you don't walk this way all the time, when trouble comes, you certainly won't walk this way. See, when there's no storm, it's easy to, Jesus, he's so wonderful. And then, bang, something hits you and all, Jesus, you're so wonderful. <laughs> Come on, it's the truth, ain't it? Yeah. And what is that? What, the only thing that changed was the circumstances, situations. The, don't get in line with the world and how bad the world is. They're trying to get everybody into that confession and that mindset. And that, I'm not subject to this world. This world's subject to me. Yeah. Uh, raise gas to $20 a gallon. I think you're ripping people off, and I think you're doing it on purpose, but the point is God's got enough money to give me to pay $20. Come on now. Do I think it should be changed? Yes. But it's not going to be changed because of where we're at right now, praise God. So I'm not going to complain about it. I'm going to praise God every time I fill my tank for the money that he gave me once again to fill the tank. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why? Because we're not living in that realm. We've got to get out of the world's realm and into the spiritual realm. You're a spirit being this morning. You're not just a soul being contacted to pray for people's soul after they die. Can't help you. Can't help you. You make your decision when you're here. And once you die, you don't make the decision anymore. You better make it before. Well, when I die, I'll decide what to do. No, you won't. No, you won't know anything, praise God. Why is that? Because we're not a soul. We're spiritual beings in a physical body. And death is no more than me shedding my clothes. My body would fall down and out of here I would go. So no sense crying for me. I'll just come back and slap you anyway, praise God. Come on, we got, we got to think in terms of heavenly things, spiritual things, who we are, what we can do. we got to stay out of the self-pity mode. we got to stay out of the rejection mode. we got to stay out of the doubt and unbelief mode because it's all around us right now, more than it's ever been before. It's called the kingdom of darkness. And you know what darkness really means in the Bible? Ignorance. 
What does the devil want you to do? Be ignorant of everything. Well, why do people, did Jesus come? Did he die on the cross? Was he raised from the dead? Did he provide salvation for every man? Then why are people going to hell? Ignorance. Simple ignorance. It's not God saying, well, you're going to hell. Well, what's the problem? Is heaven too full? God can't get any more people in? See, God wants to save some and not the others. But this is a doctrine that comes out of this. See, but that ain't the doctrine. The doctrine is he provided for it, and you have to receive what he's already done for you. And salvation isn't going to be paid for. Salvation was already paid for. Come, come die again and save me, Jesus. Come die again and save me. It's not going to happen. He already did that for each and every one of us. So one day I found out that, praise God, I was, did he provide it for me now? And I could just step right in right now. Boom, there it was, born again. Hallelujah. Then somebody told me that I could be baptized in something called the Holy Ghost. And of course, I didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost. I didn't know anything about baptism in the Holy Ghost. I didn't know anything about it. And, and how many people know there's a lot of people out there who are born again who are not? Now, is, why is that? Is the Holy Spirit too busy to baptize everybody? Is his agenda all booked up? No, it's because people don't know that there is a baptism of the Holy Ghost through ignorance. Therefore, their ignorance is not allowing them to receive what he's already paid for on the cross 2,000 years ago. The Bible says, how much more will he give the Holy Ghost to those that well, I don't have the Holy Ghost have you asked I want to give it a shot see well, what does he say he says you just ask I'll give you the Holy Ghost well I didn't feel nothing he didn't say you'd feel something he said he'd give you the Holy Ghost so I asked I got the Holy Ghost praise God you got the Holy Ghost yeah how do you know well because I asked well we asked what does that mean he said if I asked he'd give it to me see we want to believe everybody's word but his See, this week I was over at Lake Wales again. I was there. I was waiting to see how things were going to manifest and what was going to happen. And I called Patrick. And I said, Patrick, you know, you want to take Wednesday night because it don't look like I'm going to be there. And he said, oh, sure, I'll take that. And I think that was on Monday. And I didn't call him Tuesday morning and said, hey, Patrick, would you take Wednesday night for me, please? Would you take Wednesday night? He said, sure, I'd take Wednesday night. So then I text him, Ted, will you do take Wednesday night for me on Wednesday night? And I call him Wednesday morning. Do you take, do you, do you, do you? No, we don't do that. You know why? Because when he said he was going to do it, I actually thought he was going to do it. Come on now. And I didn't lay in bed worrying. I hope Wednesday's covered. I just can't sleep. But we do that with God. God says he's going to do this. And we ask him and re-ask him and ask him again and re-ask him and re-ask him. People say, well, I want to know what the symptoms are and everything so I can pray about them. Yeah, well, no, you want to worry about them and pray about them at the same time, see? I mean, God's word's either true or it's not. And we're going to have to find out whether he's a liar or whether he's not. But boy, when you stand on God's word and you stay there, and I'm not telling you it's the easiest thing to do. I'm not telling you. I mean, you've got to be in the word of God, and you've got to know the promises of God, and you've got to know that his promises are yes, and his promises are amen, praise God. And how do we do that? We use our authority then. Say, my authority. So I have authority to take and receive whatever I want to receive and to repel whatever I want to repel. That's what the Bible declares. It declares whatever God binds on earth. No, no. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth. So who's in charge? I am. So when a symptom hits my body, the last thing I want to do is say, oh, my God, I'm coming down with something. I'm going to call everybody in the church and tell them I'm coming down with something. Well, that's really smart. Now you've got 40 people talking about what you're coming down with. See, that's not going to help you. You don't need 40 people in unbelief. You're enough. Come on now. 
says where two or three agree, well, you've got 40 people agreeing that you're going to get sick, and then you wonder why you feel like a dog two days from there, because you threw it out there. Do you see what I mean? We don't do that. We, we attack everything with the Word of God. He sent His Word and healed us and delivered us from all our destructions. So when something hits my life, I need to know the Word on that right now. If you don't know it, call somebody. My gosh, my finances are bad. What do you got for me? Are you a tither? Yes. Then the windows of heaven are open, and He's pouring out a blessing upon you that you will... Well, I'm not a tither. Then start, please. Can't help you till you obey. So what are we going to do? We're going to become a people who believe the Word of God. And we're going to believe it together. That's why I gave you all the Scripture last week, because I know every single one of you are believing that Scripture. You're thanking God for what He's already done. We're, and, I mean, it's work a thing. It's going to work a thing. There, there's no way. Let me tell you right now, I feel in my heart God has no way out of this. Come on, He wrote it. Don't look at me. I didn't write that in First John. He put it in there. And now the pressure's not on me, the pressure on him. Because he said he was going to take care of it. And you know, the Bible calls him a judge. Why would I come to him if I didn't have any evidence? Well, God, you're going to bless me. God will say, why? Because you're going to bless me. Well, why? Because you feel like blessing me. No, you've got to have so. It says right here, praise God, that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Judge goes, woohoo, that's it. See, it's not begging God. It's not pleading with God. It's letting God in. God wants to be part of our life. You're on the same side. Oh, this might be a revelation. You're on the same side as God. Yes. I've heard people pray that think they're on the other side. And that's when people get mad at God. You don't understand this is God and sons incorporated. See, we're working together. We're working together to get his will into this earth. Now, if you don't know his will, it's going to be very difficult for you. To do that. But once you get in his word and you find out what his word is, and it's healings, healings his word, powers his word, understanding his word, laying hands on the sick is his word. Yes. See? How many of you want to lay hands on the sick, watch him recover? How many of you want to cast out devils? Yes. All right, well, try to keep the devil off you. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting off the notes a little bit here this morning, but this is good. See, you can't even do it yourself. You're out there worrying all day long that you want to cast the devil off somebody. Get your hand off of me. For, get your hand off of me. For God's sakes. I can worry by myself without your anointing to worry. See, it starts in my own life. It starts with me. It starts with me as a pastor. There's plenty of times I could have had a nervous breakdown. You know, stuff from everywhere. You got something going on here, something going on there, finances here, people trying to throw you out of your building, people trying to sue you, people trying to do. And you can't go along with that stuff, praise God. You know that every tongue that rises up against you shall be condemned. So what do you do? You just stay on the word, don't you? You don't go tell everybody, oh, congregation. Oh, congregation. I just can't help it. We're going under. No, we're going over. And we keep going over because we don't talk about our problems. Your faith is going to be in something. It's either going to be in the Word of God or your problems. And whenever you meditate on will grow 30, 60, 100 fold. See, sometimes we're in the biggest problems of the world because we put ourselves and talked ourselves into the biggest problems in the world. So we want to use our authority. How many know worry is going to attack your mind every single day? Well, then you've got to come out of that. You've got to have scriptures, praise God. I cast all my care upon you. I'm anxious for nothing. I let not my heart be troubled. What am I doing? Pushing that thing out of there. I'm getting rid of it. Symptom hits your body. What do you got to do? I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases and with his stripes. And it gets stronger. And what do you do? You say, by his stripes I've been healed. He bore my sickness. I get it stronger. By his stripes I've been healed. See, and everybody wants this instant result. Sometimes it's not instant because we're not there. Yeah. 
already. And in a lot of areas of our life, we're not there. But how I many know the devil ain't going to wait till you get strong? Now let's see who can handle my attack. No, he's going to come and he's going to hit you. He's going to hit your marriage. He's going to hit everything you've got. He wants to try to destroy you. He wants to distract you. Why? Because he's scared of you. People don't even understand. He is scared of you. Do you know that? I mean, he had one come just beat the sap out of him. And now he's got 40 million more running around with the Spirit of God on the inside of them, the authority and dominion of heaven itself. I mean, I'd be shaking in my boots too, praise God, if I was him. But we're growing into the things of the Lord. We're going to stand. We're going to stand in our own area first. I'm going to be able to go to people with an answer, but I'm going to come there in peace. I'm going to come there in joy. I'm not bringing that spirit of worry and fear and everything with me and doing that. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be walking in peace. But if peace, I got, if we could just bottle peace, what kind of church would you have then? My God, you'd have money coming in everywhere. Praise God. How much for a bottle of peace? Well, we'll set our price on it. Praise God. Because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of rich people don't have any. So you can make $5 for poor people and a million dollars for the rich. Come get your bottle of peace. Yeah, that's what the whole world's looking for right now. Even people out there who don't know Jesus Christ are looking for something. We need some help. We need some answers. We need something. And the thing is, the church has the answers. Instead, the church goes right along with them and, and tries to outdo their problems. You think you got a pain, you ought to feel mine. Mine's twice as bad as yours. And then you get in a war over who hurts the most. No, we don't do that. See, that's not kingdom living. That's, oh, Christian living. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't hold it in. I had it in there for a little bit and it came right out. That's Christian living. That's the way Christians have been taught to live. That's what they're supposed to do. And then you just pray and beg God. And if God don't respond, then God didn't want to. And God just wants some people sick and wants some people healed. And God loves some more than he loves another one. And God just doesn't care for me. And now you're in self-pity. And now you're mad at the world. And now nobody can do anything for you. And pretty soon you're, you're, you're a real problem to people. Yep. But we don't want to do that. We're the answer. We almost should have a shirt saying we're the answer. Walk up to somebody got a problem. I'm the answer. You got a problem? I've got, got the answer. Because we do. But once again, it's going to start in our own life. And we all go through stuff, praise God. Just because somebody looks peaceful and happy all the time don't mean they're not going through something, praise God. Hallelujah. But they're living above it. Do you understand that it's not making them worry? It's not making them fearful. They're in a place where they're walking in victory. But once again, you've got to know this book right here. And got to use your authority in those situations. It has to be spoken. It has to be used. And you have to stand. Stand therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has already made you free. Praise God. So you've already been made free. So you can't backtrack. You can't give into a place where you're here again trying to get here. You're here. And you stay here. And you do what you can to stay here. And the battle is right here. Right here. Hitting your mind, hitting your mind, hitting your mind, hitting your mind, and uh, pain in your jaw, and praise God. Oh God, I believe you. I thank you that I'm healed right now. Well, somebody else had this; their jaw fell off. Oh my God, their jaw fell off, and I don't want to lose my jaw. I'd look funny. How funny would I look without my jaw? I'd look pretty funny without my jaw. And it came off, and, and I'd be like, No, it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. It, I mean, he'll expand on it if you give him an opportunity. You know, get low on finances. My God, you'll close your house, close your eyes to your house being taken away, your car, and you only owe three dollars at Walmart. But your imagination is a powerful thing, isn't it? It can do it. Do you ever leave, house, leave your house and start driving down the road and get down the road about 30 miles and think, did I shut that iron off? Yeah. <laughs> Say, I'm almost sure I did. So you keep going, and pretty soon you're starting to see your house catch on fire, and the drapes are going on fire, and 
Yeah, pretty soon you're turning around and you're going back because your house is burning to the ground. God forbid if my cat got caught in a fire. No, see, the imagination will take you anywhere. And that's why it's so powerful because it'll take you beyond the natural realm and show you what you can do and who you really are. It can show you that you are this brand new spiritual creation in Christ Jesus and all the old things have passed away and all these things have become new. It'll show you that you have a spirit called the spirit of the living God on the inside of you, praise God. And you're not alone, feel so alone. Well, just take a look. He's there, right there, he is. He's in there. You're not alone, praise God. He's with you every place you go and everything you do, the spirit of the living God. And let me tell you, if he had enough power to raise Jesus from the dead, he can handle your hangnail. See, but to us, a hangnail with me is worse than being raised from the dead because it's my hangnail. Come on now, is that the rule? Your hangnail, what's the matter with you? Believe, then you get one. Oh my God, I got to pray and call for everybody. It's easy to believe for everybody else, isn't it? When you don't have the pain, you don't have the financial situation, you don't, that's why sometimes it's good to call good people who aren't face to face, who aren't looking at the problem every day, who aren't in the hospital room looking at the problem every day. So you call people who, who can't see it really, but who just believe God, I can believe God for that. So you call them, but you call the people that you know, 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 that you know is going to stand with you and not freak out over the situation or anything else. And praise God, it, it, it's a select few sometimes. See, but it's worth it. You, you need support in that time. You need help in that time. You need people speaking into your life at that time. You, you know, like Millie sent me a text the other day. It says, uh, this is a scripture that came up to me today. Uh, God always leads us in triumph. And I mean, it wasn't much, but it was what I needed at the time, you know, because sometimes you get wavered out of triumph. And, uh, so you need somebody to give you a little spiritual kick. Anybody ever give you a spiritual kick? See, that's what we do here. We follow the Holy Ghost and we kick you. Because he knows where to kick you and how hard to kick you and let you remember the kick that you got, praise God. And I'll tell you, this kind of preaching makes people mad, see, because they think someone came to me and told me about them, and that's why I'm teaching and it's hitting them right between the eyes. Yeah, somebody did tell me about you, but it wasn't their best friend. It wasn't their neighbor. It was the Holy Ghost. And the worst thing is, I don't even know I'm doing it. So don't leave and get all upset thinking that I did it on purpose to teach you a lesson and I know about it and I'm gloating over that I kicked you. No, it's not that. It's the Spirit of God. Knows what people's needs. Knows they need a jump start. Knows what's going on. So you just jump on the flow of the Holy Ghost and let him take you wherever he wants to take you. Praise God. But we're a church of authority. And the church has lost it. They've lost authority. They've lost it completely. Now, we've had a little a spiritual revival over the last few years about the Holy Ghost and books about the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost and laying hands on the Holy Ghost and, and even laying hands here in the church when we do it and the power of God hits people and they go down. That's not necessarily the reason that you have it. It's to energize people and get them going, but your power is needed out there where it's needed. You never saw the disciples get together and knock each other down. At least I've never found it. I've read the Bible. Maybe I missed it. But it's never, you know, it's never really happened. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. Are you understand? That should say, when you come up and feel the power of God and get knocked down, you should say, my God, I've got that same power. I should be out there knocking some people down. Now, what time are we going to knock it? What time are we going to get knocked down again? What service are we going to do? Half the time, we don't know when we're going to knock people down here. And when it's time to knock you down, we knock you down. But it's the Spirit of God. And we trust the Spirit of God to do whatever the Spirit of God wants. But that's the thing. When you see it happen, 
See, then you know it's real. I've seen people see it happen and still not think it's real. There was somebody coming to this church a long time ago who came here who had a son and a daughter, and the daughter was totally messed up. You could just see it in her face when she came here. And we were laying hands one time, and she was sitting there, and of course she'd never come up, and I called her out. I went after her. I said, come up here. And she came up, you know, and wasn't real happy about it. You ought to see some people's faces when you call them out to come up here. I'd make you quit the ministry before they even got to you. And she's coming up with that sour, scollish puss face or whatever. And I didn't even get to her. I got about within two inches of it. And she just went down on the floor. It was the beginning of the service. She laid there through the entire service. Even when the service was over, she was still laying there. And finally we got out. And this was the daughter of the dad who was already saying that I was a heretic for doing this kind of stuff. Yet he was still coming to the church. So afterwards, you know, he came and wanted to meet with me on that Wednesday night. I thought, praise God. I think God got him. You know, that's what you think. You know, God, God got him. He waited. He got him. And he came in that Wednesday night and he just said, I'm tired of you pushing people down, laying there on the floor and faking it. And I said, well, your daughter, now your daughter wasn't faking it. Oh yeah, she just saw everybody else do it and she was faking it. And so he left and then, you know, wrote some nice letters about me, telling me how wonderful I am in the ministry. So sometimes people even see the power of God and not understand what's going on because people are, and we were, I mean, how many of us were natural minded at one time? I remember when we went to the Catholic prayer meeting, praise God, and the first time we ever went to what they called a chrismatic, didn't even know what that word meant, but we went, we went there, a Catholic chrismatic prayer meeting, and all at once they start going, and I said, dear Jesus, what's going on here? She looked at me like, you wanted to bring me here, it's not my fault. So we went along with it, you know, didn't raise our hands or anything, we just listened to Makate la Moshike la Bashiki. And finally, and then you're hoping that service ends quick. You don't want to hear anything else. You are ready to go out the door. And we left and we got together and I said, I'm telling you what, we never going back there again. And she said, that's right. You ain't taking me there again, brother. You did it. But how many of you know when the Holy Ghost gets a crack? He don't need much. Just needs a little bit. And pretty soon it started, I don't know, it started making sense. It started feeling better. It started whatever. And we said, let's give it another shot. We went back there and the next time they makate la boshikata, I got goosebumps. I didn't know what those were either until then. I came from Ohio. I know when it's cold to get goosebumps, but I didn't know to get goosebumps. I've been riding in the car up there with... <laughs> it's cold when she's got me in the car up there, I'm telling you. She's driving down the road to take me to work. But yeah, praise God, goosebumps came up, and I didn't know what they were. And then all at once my heart started going... And I thought, my God, they're killing us. People are having heart attacks in this building. I just know they are right now. I had no idea about the Spirit of God or about the Holy Ghost. I didn't know what to do. So all at once I felt like getting up and talked. And I got up for the first time ever and got behind the podium. And I gave my testimony of what happened, how I got born again, how I got saved, how I did this, how I did that, shaken like a leaf. You think some of you get in up here and you're a little nervous. I'll tell you what, if I had a photo of that, you'd think you were calm. I mean, I'm shaking all over. I'm trying to hold steady. You know, you've got to spread your legs a little more to balance yourself out. And, and I just gave my testimony about how, you know, I, I was an alcoholic. I was drinking every night. I didn't know what else to do. I got tired of life. I had to do something, so I did what I knew how to do. I was a Catholic, so I went to a Catholic confessional, which I hadn't been to in a long time, which you go and confess your sins. And when I say sins, I mean sins. How many know you can accumulate quite a bit in 10 years? So I went in there and I said, I'm going to go. Becky was working. I got my coat on, middle of the winter, December, got in there, jumped in that church, got there, and I'm looking, and there's two priests, one sitting here and one sitting here in chairs, in chairs. 
They're supposed to be in the little box. They're not supposed to be able to see you until they slide the little door and give you three Hail Marys and do Our Fathers. And they changed it. They called face-to-face confession. So you know the devil went to work. Brother, you better get out of here. I said, no, I got to change something. I got to do it. So I sat there, and I sat there, and I looked at the one at the left, and it was my uncle. I said, we not going over there. I can tell you that. We going over here. So I waited, and I shook, and I waited, and I shook. And it got down finally to the last person. I said, here we're going to go. And the back door goes, and here comes another little old lady in. Walking up to the front, getting in line to go. And she gets about done, and here comes, eat. And I said, can't people be on time? Can't they just be on time? They kept walking in, so I'm sitting there more. It's winter. I've got my coat off. I'm sweating profusely. My shirt is totally wet. I am, I'm losing it. So finally, I get up there, and I walk up to this priest. And I say, well, I think it goes like this. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been since my last confession. <laughs> And he says, yes, sir. And I said, these are the sins that I've committed. I thought, dear God, I hope nobody else comes in because it's going to take a while. <laughs> he better not be looking for freedom pretty quick. I'll tell you that right now. So I just started to say, and he just said, hey, it don't make any difference. He said, all I want you to know simply is that God loves you. And he hugged me. And when he did, I think 3,000 pounds came off my back, off my shirt, off everything. Everything lifted. The love of God hit me. The power of God hit me in a Catholic church. What's God doing? (laughs) Yeah, it hit me right there in the Catholic church. And I went home, and I'm telling you what, I I just felt different. Everything looked different. The, the grass was actually green and the sky was blue and I didn't care if I ever drank again and I just I felt like I was walking on clouds at that time and I had no idea what happened to me. I just knew something happened to me and it took place and I went home and I cleaned the kitchen and my wife would come home and I'd cook for her and, and I'd make the bed and I, I'd do all this stuff and she'd come home for work and the bed was made and the stuff was cooked and the house was cleaned and all this and I wasn't laying there drunk you know waiting to go to the bathroom to throw up or something she's coming home and there I am every night and the house is clean and so she thought I went nuts (laughs) she thought that I actually lost it (laughs) ministry ministry So I said, that's it. I'm getting out of here, honey. I'm transferring to Florida with the United States Postal Service, and I'm going down here, and I'm starting a brand new life, and I'm getting moving. And she had some other things to deal with up there, and she says, well, I'll be down in a couple months. And she went to visit her friend in Alaska. She had a dear friend who moved to Alaska. And she flew to Alaska, got off the plane, and just started crying like crazy. Just started bawling. And Colleen says, what's the matter with you? And she said, you ain't going to believe it. Something's happened to my husband. She said, well, what is it? Well, he, he cleans the house. He does the dishes. He cooks. He's nice to me. And she said, ain't that the ideal husband? But I had her so conditioned, come on now, to a drunk coming home and acting like a fool and doing all that stuff that she thought that was the norm for an actual person like that. So sometimes we got to look at the patterns that we've got into See, patterns that we can break in our own lives. 
We don't need 42 people laying hands on us. We just got to break that pattern. If yours is every time you get in a confrontation, you need to raise your voice and yell, then you've got a pattern there that needs to be broke. And that's an anger devil you need to keep out of your life. So you've got to find a scripture that counteracts that anger devil. Like a soft answer turns away wrath. And you don't go read it once and say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. See, that ain't going to work. This stuff is planted in you. This stuff grows in you. The Bible says it'll become part of you. The word of God will become alive in you. It'll be in you. So I take that scripture and I beat it. And I beat it. Colossians, I've beaten now for years. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I walk, walk worthy of you, Lord, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience, with longsuffering and joyfulness. I've said that scripture a million times, and it's cup up in me a million times that I had to use it. Because sometimes you just got in the midst of just about ready to tell somebody what you think and tell that driver how many fingers you got and do everything else. You just got to say, I'm the most patient person in the whole entire world. Isn't that so? I am the most patient. You've heard me say it up here. I'm the most patient man in the whole wide world. Well, that got there from planting that scripture. Letting that scripture grow. And people, you know, who have symptoms and had them for years and hear this kind of sermon and hear that they're healed, you got to plant the seed. Yeah. You should start planting it today. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Are the symptoms still there? It doesn't matter. I'm healed from the top of my... I am healed, praise God. I'm not waiting to get healed. I'm not wondering why I'm not healed. I am healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I am healed. I'm solid. I'm going to stand on that word. I'm going to stay on that word. And I am healed from head to toe. Well, you don't look so good. Well, we're not telling you how I look today. We're telling you what God said. God said, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. God said he was going to bless me abundantly, praise God. So I don't want enough just to pay my bills. That's not abundant. That's survival. I want abundance, praise God. I want more to hand out here and give out there and sow there and do this. And as this church continues to grow financially, we're giving out more and more. Now we're, we're giving out money to Africa. Amen. We're sowing them 500 bucks. Now them, that must sound like a million dollars. Trying to do it monthly. They're getting it there. Then they send me pictures back of the food or the stuff. Well, it's food or not. The stuff. They're handing out to people to eat who are starving. You know, here's some sugar, here's some flour, have a great day. And they send them on. But, but at least these people are getting something. I know it's going straight to the guy who's there. I know him. I've been in contact with him now for a few years. And he's helping people who are there straightforward. We're supposed to help the poor. Yes. And let me tell you what, United States thinks there's poor. You'll look over there, praise God. You'll see what poor is. I mean, people got nothing, praise God. Hallelujah. So we've got a chance. The more money we get in, the more we've got a chance to hit this. We've got a chance. Same way with you now. The more money you get in, the more you can bless here, the more you can tithe here, the more you can do that. Every time I make some investment and it's going to give me some money, maybe an extra $300 a month, I say, praise God, $30 for the church, just like that. Every time I sell, if I've got to sell a property, how many know your tithing is not on only what you earn? It's on all of your increase. Okay, so if I got a property I bought for 50 grand, I sell it for 200,000. How many know the church is going to get 15 grand? Amen. Come on. Amen. What do I do? I give all my increase, praise God. Or an increase of 150,000, they get 10% at least, they get 15 grand, just like that. You wonder how churches can get wealthy with a few people? They just get in the wisdom of how to handle financial situations and do things, and God continues to bless them. As they bless them, they got money to sow, they got money to bless the church and tithe, and it just keeps going and going and going. And and it's not, this is my heart. I'm not condemning. I'm not saying anything. To me, it's not to have a super large million dollar building 
with 40,000 pews and 80,000 people and all that. Uh, never interests me. I'm interested in having money to give and to bless and to do. And I can survive in something like this. I think it's darn nice. I'll just be honest with you. After coming from nothing to this, we've come a long way, baby. See, and I'll tell you what right now, this word is not for everybody. There's a lot of people who are going to come who are going to get mad at this kind of word. Every time I bring, try to bring somebody out of their hope into their faith, I make people mad. Because they want to blame God for why they're not receiving. You see? And, and receiving is something you've got to understand. It's already been provided for me. So if I'm having trouble receiving it, the problem is not on this end. The problem is on my end. See? If I came in this morning and I turned the light switch on and it didn't go off, I didn't cuss out the electric company. See? But, but I'm not going to say, well, light just don't work. So I'm not going to turn it on anymore. Some people do that with prayer. Well, I prayed it didn't work, so I'm not going to pray anymore. Well, find out why the light switch didn't work. Fix the wiring in the thing, and the next time you turn it, guess what? Well, it's the same way in my prayer. Whenever I pray for something, and it's in line with God's word, and it doesn't come to pass, i got to check me. See, i got to check me. And one of the dangerous things you can ever hear in your life when somebody comes up and knows about your problem says, how's it going? Because how's it going is mostly contradicting to his word of how it is. See, there's plenty of facts out there, but there's only one truth. Yes. And you can't live by facts. No. Live by facts. You're in trouble in this day and in this age. So we're going to live by the Word of God and what the Word of God tells us, praise God. We are a blessed people and are going to get more blesser every single day, praise God. We're a healed people. I mean, there's, there's one church that E.W. Kenyon had with over 300, 350 people in it, and there wasn't one sick person in the entire church. And I mean, if he could do it back in the 1940s, 50s, you think you ought to be able to do it now. See, we could be in a place where every single one of us is healed from the head of our, and I've been believing that and still believing it for now. And we're, we're learning more, we're growing more, we're standing more, but it's a stance. It's a stance. There's one time when I was with Vinny and it was on Memorial Day and he just had open heart surgery a little while before that. And I went to see him in the morning and when I was there, he coded. How I many know oh, that'll change your confession? See, my confession was he's completely healed, praise God. The surgery was great, everything going good. But when you see four nurses, two doctors putting stuff on him and putting everything on him and running around, you can be a little bit shaken in your confession. It's not that bold. He's healed. It's more like he healed. He healed. <laughs> he healed. <laughs> yeah, but you can't get off of it. See, if you get off of it, you cut God off. And you need God. And the higher stress situation you're in, the more you need God, for goodness sakes. And those are the harder times to stay on the Word of God 24 hours, 7 days a week. And so if you see somebody who's backtracking, correct them in love. They probably won't think it's in love. But at the time they need corrected, they will come back and thank you later on because they'll understand that my confession's gone in the wrong area, I'm believing in the wrong area, and I need to get over into all promises being yes. and amen. amen. They're done. Are you healed? Yes and amen. How do you feel? Yes and amen. What do you think is coming? Yes and amen. Hallelujah. Are you prosperous? You bet. Praise God. Uh, windows of heaven are opening. I can't even contain the darn things. He's coming down on me. Let up, Lord. Let up. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that's what we want to do. We've got to learn to stay on that word of God. And stay on that word of God for your family. Stay on that word of God for your kids. Like I said, I've been so blessed in this situation to see my kid walking in faith. You don't know what they get. You don't know they're sitting here and they come every now and then and there they are. They've been under you for years, wondering when you were going to be done talking. And, you know, and they heard the same thing, you know, in a different way over and over and over again. You think, but boy, when the, when the rubber hits the road, yes, yes, yes. 
They know where to go. I'm telling you right now. They know where to turn. And they weren't turning to the doctors. They weren't turning to the nurses. They were turning to Almighty God, praise God. He just stood there and said, he's healed, praise God. Well, I'll tell you what, he don't look real good right now. And they said, well, he's healed. And they probably thought, he's nuts. Yeah, I mean, where, where else can you go? What else can you do? What other option do you have other than agree with them? You know, it's not going to work that way. So you stand and you stand, praise God. And we've been, you know, and if not, I'll tell you what, emotional ride will drive you nuts. One day you're up, one day you're down. Oh, he's doing good today. Ah! Oh, he's doing bad today. Uh, 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 uh. So I don't even ask. I say, don't even give me a report, Aaron, unless it's something in line with what we're believing. You know, if it's going to help me, don't give me any there. And then everybody wants a report. I'm not going to give everybody a report. Good or bad, I'm just going to give it to them, praise God. And we're going to let God do what God does. But in your life, God wants to be made accountable for things in your life. He wants you to put him to work. He likes it when you put him to work. He likes it when you stand on his word. Why did he give us this book? Just so we could read it and say we're Christians and we carry a Bible under our arm? No, it's a way of life, praise God. And you want to know how to live? Jesus was the word in sandals. In action. He ran into somebody demon-possessed. He cast the devil out. He ran into Pharisees instead of choking them and killing them, which I'm sure he wanted to. Come on, he was a man. No, he didn't do it, praise God. He just taught about them and did about it. So that's what we want to do. We want to put ourselves in the Word of God. We want to act and do what the Word of God tells us to do in every single situation of our life. And if you stay there, there's victory for you every time. It may be instant. It may be a week. It may be a month. I don't care if it's three months. If you'll stand there, it'll come into your life and it'll manifest because all heaven's backing you. Even in the song we sang this morning, all of heaven will back you, praise God, and come to fight for you as long as you stay hooked to them. We've got to stay hooked to heaven. And that's the tough part. When you get into heaven, you won't have any problem believing God. Think about that. There's no problem when you go to heaven. You have to believe for healing. There's no sickness up there. Finances won't make a difference. You're walking on streets of gold. You've got a mansion up there already. See, but down here, down here, he sent some people down here to do a job. And we've got a job to do. And no matter what age you are, you still got a job to do. And just because you get old, your job isn't over with. You can't retire from ministry. You can't retire from who you are. You're who you are your whole life until you leave here. So people already retire. Oh, I've had enough, and I've been old enough, and I've been, I'm not near ready to go anywhere. Praise God. Hallelujah. Nope. And that's what we're going to do. Don't give up. And if things aren't working for you, go back to the Word. Find yourself a promise. Write them down. And every morning in your prayer list, you just read them things, praise God. And you say, praise God, it's so good to be healed today. Hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you for the stripes of Jesus, praise God. Thank you that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. It's so good to have a blessing. We just don't rattle them off so that God says, hoo-hoo. They're reading their little promise book this morning. Thank goodness. He doesn't need to know his promises. He wrote the book. You're the one who needs to know the promises. And when you're confessing the word, it's not for him to do it. It's for you to believe it. See, that's why confession can actually be a, a work. Because I'm confessing it so he hears me and does it. But he already did it. I'm confessing it to convince myself that he already did it. Because he already did it. Are you following me? So some people say, well, I confessed it a thousand times and he didn't do it. Well, you did it for the wrong reason. You're not going to persuade God or manipulate God to do something he already did. See? I could have called Patrick Thursday and said, hey, did it go? Did you preach Wednesday night? Did did we preach last night? He'd have thought, what are you, nuts? See? But it's easy to believe man, isn't it, when you're with somebody? It's no problem. You know, Wednesday night, I'm not going to worry all week whether Ben's going to show up to preach. 
I've asked him once. I'm not going to text him every five minutes and say, would you preach Wednesday night, Ben? Please, would you preach? Would you, did you hear me, Ben? Are you sure you're there? Did... No. No, and if you keep praying over and over again on something like that, it's an obvious sign you didn't believe it the first time. See, and you don't try to believe it. You either believe it or you don't believe it. And we do that by staying in the Word of God and growing up in the things of God. All right, praise God. Well, we did absolutely nothing with this this morning. But that's your fault. That is your fault. Because you draw out of me what's on the inside of me. So, praise God. Hallelujah.